I talk about my experience leaving the Catholic Church and more on John Not Quite Calvin right now. Hello, welcome back to John Not Quite Calvin. I am, in fact, your host, the one and only John Not Quite Calvin. So a few podcasts ago, I did a, a episode titled Confessions of a Catholic Child. So today, I would like to do an episode about my conversion out of the Catholic Church. So this this episode is going to be titled uh, Chronicles of a Catholic Convert. Not to be mistaken with somebody who's converting to the Catholic Church, but converting out of the Catholic Church. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what it was like getting out, what caused the exodus, if you, shall, if you will, um, and maybe some of the after effects and stuff like that. Uh, so as you guys know, I, I was a Catholic for a number of years. My dad's side of the family is very much traditionally Catholic. Like that's probably one of their defining traits is their Catholicism. I, like I said, I had a, I have a priest as an uncle. Um, and he's actually, interestingly enough, he's actually my godfather, even though I wasn't allowed to be near him. So you can, you can take your assumptions as you will, but as a child, I was not allowed to be anywhere near him alone. And let's just say that he got recalled back to the Vatican and moved to a different church around the time of all the scandals. Hmm. Anywho. <laughs> um, so if I'm just going to be like, I just am going to be straightforward with you guys. Um, I don't talk about Catholicism a lot. And part of it is because of the experience that I've had getting out. And it's really a difficult time of my life to be honest, like coming to faith. And then like immediately after that was probably one of the hardest experiences that I've had to deal with just because of the consequences. Uh, so I don't like talking about it a lot. I figured because it's reformation month, I would, but just for like future heads up for you guys, if you guys want to hear more about Catholicism, that's awesome and stuff. But please be aware that I'm not huge into talking about it all the time. So with that, let me just go ahead and get into my story, if you shall. So I was in the Catholic Church for about 20 years, and I had joined the military and been deployed. So while I was deployed, uh, earlier I had had this horrifying dream that... I heard, I thought I had heard the voice of God telling me that I was going to die before I turned 21. And then almost immediately after that dream, <laughs> I ended up being deployed. Um, so my job wasn't necessarily really risky or anything like that. Let's just say that I flew over a lot of dangerous areas, but I was relatively far enough away from things that it, it wasn't really a prime target or anything like that. There were times that it was stressful, but if I'm just being honest, like 
my experience was not really traumatic as far as like combat goes. Uh, but after hearing, you know, this voice that I thought was God telling me that I was going to die when I was 21, uh, you can imagine that I was kind of, kind of shaken, kind of stirred. So I tried to get back into Catholicism. I had fallen away from it for a little bit after joining the military. Uh, to be honest, I was more of an atheist than a Catholic. I really didn't believe the Bible. I didn't believe the church. I didn't believe anything about anyone. Uh, and that's part of the reason that like, when I make posts and stuff about atheism, I tend to actually be speaking from a bit of experience because I understand all the arguments. I've made those arguments before. I've bashed on Christianity before. I've been on the other side of the of the table, so to speak, the other side of the debate. So there's, there's that. Um, <laughs> but I had gotten a little bit more into my Catholic faith because I was afraid I was going to die. So my plan was to kind of live life to the fullest. And then I was going to go to church, make a confession. And until I died before I was 21, I would go to church like, like super religiously. Uh, ironically, I did die before I was 21, but I died to myself. <laughs> so, uh, there was a Christian who was on my crew and he would always put, um, different Bible quotes and things like that. Some of it was really kind of your standard things. John three sixteen. Uh, there were a couple of different quotes that were like from the Psalms, Proverbs and things like that. And one day he writes on his board for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And he caught me reading it because I'd read them all because being a, you know, quote unquote Catholic, um, <laughs> I found it interesting that he would quote the Bible because I was like, oh, this guy, this guy's probably like nuts. But I, I was reading that and he asks me, what, what do you think about that? Uh, what do you think about that, Airman? And I was like, well, to be honest, that that's kind of mean. All of sin, all fall short of the glory of God. Nobody's going to heaven then. What's the point? That's horrible. That's cruel. It's, that's that's almost unjust. And so he goes, oh, okay. Why is that? I'm like, well, because like someone has to be good enough to go to heaven. And he's like, mm, speaking of good people, are you a good person? And thus began one of the most humiliating and aggravating conversations of my entire life. I was then taken through, I think he made it through like four or five maybe even six of the commandments. And by the end of it, I was fuming, but I'm pretty good at like concealing my feelings. But I was, I was, I was PO'd at this point. And he goes, okay, so now we've established that you're, that we are lying, adulterous blasphemers who are dishonoring to our parents and who, <laughs> uh, <laughs> He, essentially, he, like I said, he went through like six of them. I don't remember the exact order, but he essentially was just like, so we're lying, thieving blasphemers who dishonor our parents and uh, can't be trusted to, to honor God on any day of the week, let alone just the, the Sabbath or Sunday or whatever. So, so what do you think? Do you think you're still a good person? And I was like, no, I guess I'm not. Are you going to heaven or hell? And I was like, hell, I guess. He goes, okay, well, 
did you know that Jesus came and he died for your sins and that if you put your faith in him and believe in him and follow him and obey him and repent of those sins, turn away from those sins and towards God, you'd be forgiven. I was like, well, yeah, I guess. And he was like, okay, well, if you're interested in learning more, uh, I can, we, we can meet up and we'll do a Bible study together and I can give you a new Testament or a whole Bible, whichever you want. I was like, Oh, give me the whole Bible. And my plan began to unfold from there. I had planned to read the Bible, uh, more than him. <laughs> and during our studies, I was going to humiliate him. And then once he was thoroughly humiliated, uh, I would stop. What then happened was one of the biggest spiritual experiences of my life. We went through the entire gospel of Luke and I came to realize that I couldn't understand a single thing. I couldn't understand anything from the gospel, but this, this guy who was uh, studying it with me was actually able to draw really interesting questions, uh, conclusions, and he was actually able to pull from other verses in the Bible to like show the picture broader. And so I continued to try to read more and faster and ahead of him to try to, again, outsmart him. And what ended up happening is I was like, okay, fine. What are we going to read after we get through the book of Luke? And he's like, okay, uh, I'll probably go to Acts. That'll probably be the next thing. So I was like, okay, fine. So I started reading Acts ahead of him. And I just, I came to a dead stop in the fourth chapter specifically the 12th verse for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that verse in and of itself just stopped me dead in my tracks because I'd been looking everywhere for salvation. I'd been looking everywhere to justify myself before God. I'd been looking to my faith. I've been looking to my family. Uh, I'd been looking towards myself, uh, my friends, I've been looking towards uh, Mary, the other saints. I, I'd looked towards pretty much everyone and everything except Christ. And so I was like, I'm a horrible person. I'm a horrible, wretched, sinful person. And I, the only hope I have is with Christ. But I've severely offended Christ. Why would he save somebody like me? And so I decided to go back through and read the book of Acts. And I read the entire thing in one sitting. Um, and just all of a sudden, all of the verses just started clicking. The entire gospel story started making sense. The things that it was talking about made sense to me. And... It, it was literally like, you know, scales falling from your eyes. And reading through the gospel, I came to realize that, yes, I was a sinner, but somebody had come and had paid the price for me. And by putting my faith in him, trusting him and obeying his words and his commandments and loving him as much as he had loved me, I could be saved. And I started approaching the Bible in a completely different way. And we would go through the Bible 
every day uh, while we were deployed. We did a study of, we finished Luke, went to Acts, went to Romans, Ephesians, Philippians, and before we before we went home from the deployment, we had actually gotten to, I believe we had started Hebrews, and then he had gone home earlier than I did. But during the time that we were studying it, I began reading through the Old Testament. And within the first four months, I believe it was three or four months of being a Christian, I had actually read through the entire Bible and had started reading it again. I, I was enamored. I was just, I was thirsty and hungry for the scripture and I couldn't have enough of it. I literally read every day, every morning I would wake up and I would read before I went to bed. I would read, uh, when I was preparing for my flights, I would read on our way home. When we got out of our, our, um, task area, I was reading, um, during that time, the crew started to really hate me. There was an atheist on board and a few other people that were just completely hostile um, to the scriptures. There were a couple of people that claimed to be Christians that just didn't respect the fact that I was reading the Bible. Uh, there were quite a few people that just, they, they really just hated me because I was reading a Bible. Uh, one of them was actually specifically a homosexual. He actually told me to, to kill myself one day. Uh, and that was, that was interesting how he had gone from literally this like super nice guy at the beginning of the deployment to literally telling me to kill myself by the end of it. Um, and so during my reading of the Bible, though, I started to have these doubts. I started to have these uh, questions that just weren't being answered, things that just weren't making sense to me. And it wasn't things of the Christian faith. It wasn't things of the scriptures. It wasn't any of that. It was my questions were how is Catholicism uh, how is Catholicism related to the scriptures and how does Catholicism continue to be the Church of Christ when it doesn't match his words and teachings? And I really tried as I really tried for a number of, of weeks, months, even like I probably spent about two months trying to justify my faith in Catholicism because I wanted to I wanted to stay in the Catholic Church. Uh, I definitely was thinking I would go back home and get really involved in the Catholic Church, maybe uh, try to be more involved in take things more seriously and read up and make sure that I, I understood everything that I could about the faith and, and, you know, go to church with my family and stuff like that. And I, you know, I thought that I would be able to have that relationship and it would be, it would be new and exciting, not just for me, but for the rest of my family. But as I read through the Catholic doctrines, their catechisms, uh, their apology, their apology, uh, their, um, listening to their apologists and reading about their history, 
watching multiple videos from both sides, um, people that like it, it literally was such a wide variety of videos that like I literally was like there were cultic uh, KJV only guys all the way to I think there was uh, like the U.S. Cardinal. Like he was one of the Cardinals in the United States. Like I, I literally was listening to like everybody that I could about it. And what ended up happening was I came to realize that Catholicism just doesn't match up with scripture. It, it just doesn't. And so I started going, okay, well, what do I do now? How do I find a church that actually preaches the scriptures and still find a way to, to deal with my family? So, you know, I, I started searching and eventually I started not just you know, not, not liking the Catholic church and not agreeing with it, but it actually started to anger me. The different doctrines and things that were being taught and being emphasized by the Catholic church was honestly pretty disrespectful and dishonoring to God, especially the position of the Pope. Like I just, I couldn't understand devotion to the Pope anymore. And I began to realize that the doctrines relating to Mary, I thought that I had misunderstood them when I was in the Catholic church and that my, my thought that we were actually worshiping her and adoring her and making her out to be more than she was and making her the focus of our faith was just me not understanding Catholicism. But as I read through the catechism, as I read through these different things, as I listened to debates about Mary Specifically, I was specifically one that I remember is actually one between James White and I think his name is Dr. Vespucci. I I don't remember exactly his, his name, but he's a really famous Catholic apologist. And that was the, my first exposure to James White <laughs> and James White wipe the floor with with this catholic apologist but listening to the catholic apologist even trying to defend the doctrine it didn't make sense to me i i couldn't justify continuing to have this faith in the church because i started to realize that i wasn't misunderstanding uh the doctrines relating to mary i wasn't misunderstanding the rosary i wasn't misunderstanding the importance of mary to the church I knew very well. And if anything, I was kind of honestly, uh, I was actually not even like that much of a Mary worshiper, to be honest, compared to some of the things that the Catholic church allows. So coming home immediately, I was like, my, my family has to hear about this. There's no way that they, that they, they, that they could know. It's like, we've been lied to. Like literally reading through the Bible, I was like, this is completely different. This is completely different than what the Catholic Church is, is teaching. And I, like for instance, one of the biggest red flags to me was the fact that I had never heard of repentance from sin as being a part of the salvific process, if you will, until I literally had the gospel presented to me by this crew member. I had no idea what repentance was. And so I, 
I, I just felt like, you know, my, my family had been kind of lied to. And if they could understand the scriptures for themselves, if they could read the Bible for themselves, they, they would leave this church and go back to Christ. Cause they, you know, they claim that they, they're Christians. They claim that they love God and you know, they, they, they want to honor him in the best way possible. So I figured that the best way to do that was give them a Bible, give them the gospel and see where it goes from there. So I come home from my deployment and immediately I probably ended up buying six or seven Bibles from a local, from a local place. And I started getting discipled by the crew man, the crew member. And he started giving me books like, um, all of grace by Charles Spurgeon thoughts for young men by JC Ryle. Um, the new life by John Murray. And from there, I started reading more about just scripture in general. Um, I joined a Bible study on base and things just started taking off from there. My family came to visit because I sent them a message that was like, Hey, I, I think that you guys really need to take a closer look at the Catholic church here. You guys need to pay attention because this is, this is scary. This is bad. Like, I, I don't think that you guys realize just how bad this really is. And so they came up to visit me and I gave them Bibles and I, I talked to them a bit and lo and behold, I ended up, um, having a sit down conversation with my grandpa and my dad about the fact that I needed to go back to the Catholic church. And I just told them, I was like, I can't like, the thing is that I, I've read the Bible. I've read through the Bible. I continue to read through the Bible and I'm studying it. And the thing is that I just, I can't justify staying in the Catholic church and continuing to live in a way that is honoring to God in the way he says he wants to be honored in the Bible. I, I literally can't. And I, I can't trust a guy who says that he is Christ on earth when he's inconsistent with what the Bible says and he doesn't agree with it. And he doesn't even agree with Catholic doctrine. I can't justify staying in a system that can't even stay consistent within itself, let alone the Bible that came from God. Like, if it's not being consistent with what God had to say, how is it now saying what God is saying? How, how can the Pope hear God when everything that's being said is that's supposedly from God is inconsistent with what God said before. Either God is inconsistent or the Catholic church and the people in charge of it have, have made a mistake. So I need to stay with the Bible and things progressed from there. I ended up having multiple conversations with my priest uncle over letters. He sent me multiple books about people who had left Biblical Baptist churches, fundamentalist movements, Bible-believing families that had converted to Catholicism. And 
he was honestly at the end, he was pretty hostile and he made me extremely uncomfortable. And eventually things just came to a head when I was calling and talking with my dad and, and my stepmom. Mainly I was trying to talk to my dad because I, I don't get along with my stepmom, but eventually my stepmom took over and she started screaming at me and she screamed at me for probably about a good three hours. Like she kept calling back to scream at me about how I was bound for hell. I was one of the few people that were going to go to hell. I was worshiping a demon named Jesus and I had been horribly deceived and I was being completely unchristian and horrible and cruel and heartless. And like I said, it, it went on for like three hours. And the thing is that now looking back on it, I really shouldn't have allowed it to go on that long, but being where I was at the time, I was 20 years old and I really wanted and hoped that my family wouldn't be like that towards me, but I was extremely wrong. And for some reason, I thought that maybe just talking to her, she could calm down and things would sort themselves out, but they did not. Uh, she ended up going out to the rest of my family, um, telling them that I had gone insane because I had read my Bible. I had gone insane, which actually is a thing that a lot of Catholics uh, vouch to. Um, like former Catholics will vouch to the fact that many people in the faith think that reading the Bible will actually make you crazy. It'll make you go insane like Luther. And interestingly enough, the next two years of my life, if I'm just being entirely honest, almost mirror the life of Martin Luther. So it's one of those odd things that like reading through the biography and stuff, I really, um, I guess you can say I vibe with Luther in like a very deep way because I felt like I was going through a similar struggle, but it wasn't just the Catholic church that was after me. To be honest, the Catholic Church has no idea who I am. They never really did. They never cared. But my family had come after me in many different ways. And eventually I was actually disowned from my family. And I was disowned for about two years. And it was a very, very difficult time. And it's still something that is hard to get past. And it's hard to get over. My relationship with my father is almost entirely dissolved. Granted, we didn't have a great relationship to begin with, but it, it, it has dissolved. I no longer speak to my stepmother. I keep her out of my life for multiple reasons, not even just related to what happened. Uh, my relationship with my grandparents are, is very strained. Uh, I am not allowed to contact my uncle. Uh, he does not care to speak to me because I am a heretic. Uh, my aunts and uncles would talk to me sometimes, but let's just say that I invited them to my wedding and they didn't come kind of thing. And yeah, it was, it was difficult. Um, and on the way out of the Catholic faith, many people will experience that no matter where you end up going, you will always be accused of joining a cult even if you're just joining like a Baptist church, which I actually ended up doing later on. Um, 
they claim that you go insane because you read your Bible. They think that you're a nut because you take the scripture so seriously. And they really think that you've just driven yourself to the point of insanity to, to leave the Catholic church. Like, why would you leave the church? And they think that you've not just betrayed them, uh, not just betrayed uh, the, the system and the church, but you've betrayed God by leaving the Catholic church because the Catholic church is the only true church according to them. So if you leave, you must really be insane or a fool. Even if you can point to a thousand different evidences, a million different ways, it, it doesn't matter to them. Like I've, I've told my dad every single reason that I got out of the church and I stay out of the church and he never cared. He never cares to listen. Um, and he's just deep. He's knee deep in this religious system, this, this, this church that he's lived in his entire life. And he's too afraid to leave because he saw what happened to me when I tried to leave, I guess, you know, getting disowned from your family is a pretty, pretty terrible thing. And I'm not the only one that has this happen to them. Many people have this happen to them. But it's it's very interesting that, um, you know, that, that, that my life took a turn the way that it did. And to be honest, like, I can really see that God has used that time. He's really used the pain and the struggles and things that were going on at the time to really Show me not just his truth and his love, but to depend upon his word, his spirit, and and everything uh, relating to the faith. Like, my faith is really probably one of the most important things to me. And it's because as much as everybody else will fail me, Christ never will. God never will. The scriptures never will. And take it from me. If you continue to read the Bible, you will continue to learn. Like <laughs> you'll always find something new. So lots of different things uh, going on with, with that whole situation. But I just wanted to point one other thing out. Um, <laughs> the vast majority of people who come out of the Catholic church actually become reformed. Like I, I found that really interesting, like reading uh, biographies and testimonies from people who came out of the Catholic faith and there's very, very similar things going on. <laughs> they, they really get into the, the scriptures. They really start like noticing that the church isn't really like vibing with the scriptures. And then they decide with the scriptures over the church, which ends up getting them ridiculed and kicked out and all these different things happen to them. But then when they, rely more on Christ and they read more of the scriptures, they actually end up becoming reformed. <laughs> and I think the reason is because the complete antithesis of Catholicism, as far as like biblical Christianity is concerned, would be Catholicism or would be um, Calvinism and reformed doctrine. Because it, it literally is just, I have been told by men, all of these different things. Men have, been wrong and they've been lying to me and they have deceived me and they have kept me from the truth for however long. So I'm going to trust the Bible and what the Bible has to say is what is real. And I'm not going to trust men to determine what God says. I'm going to allow 
Christ to determine what Christ says. I'm going to allow the scriptures and the consistent message of the scriptures from start to finish to tell me and inform me what the different things mean. And the thing is that if you read the scriptures and you take them as the word of God and you let them speak for themselves, you come up with Catholic or you come face to face with uh, Calvinism, with reform doctrines, with Tulip, because it's scriptural, it's biblical, it's, it's all over. It's literally from start to finish. God is sovereign. God's in control. We're in need of saving and only he can save us. That's it. There's, there's no way for us to save ourselves. There's nothing within ourselves that God is just aching for. And we are in control of whether or not we can be saved. That's not the case at all. God has to save us. God has to change us. And the other thing is even understanding where I was before and where I am now, that wasn't me that changed myself. I am a completely different person, completely radically different than I used to be. I hated the idea of God. I hated the idea of church. I hated everything that had to do with religion. I had hated everything to do with Christianity and the scriptures. And now here I am. I have a podcast and a blog talking about the fact that we need to read our Bibles more. Half of my library is full of Christian books. I spend more time reading the Bible and worshiping Christ than I ever did before. And I have a desire for the scriptures. I have a desire for other people to know the scriptures. I have a desire to know God and I want other people to know God and be as passionate about God as I am. Like that's completely different than what I was before. My view on humanity has completely changed. Uh, my view on my purpose in life has completely changed. My entire view of, of, of the world actually has completely changed. And it's not because over the course of one night or in one hour, I came to these conclusions and was like, yeah, logically, well, I guess I got to let, let Christ into my heart and, and, um, and then I just continue to live the way that I do, but just say that Jesus is Lord. No, it's, it is a life changing thing. Like literally the Christian walk is my life. I lost my family. I lost friends. I lost reputation in my job. I lost finances. I've lost, I have lost almost everything that the world has to offer for the sake of Christ and it's worth it. I am not the most popular person almost in any room. I'm not even the most popular person in Bible studies because of the fact that I stand up and I say, no, the scriptures say this. Why are we putting a interpretation on scriptures? That's not there. That's what the Bible says. I'm quoting it. And the thing is that, the, the most infuriating people to me are people that are false converts who are in the church and stay in the church because that's how they think that they're saved. 
but they have no respect for the scriptures. They have no respect for God. They have no respect for what the church is actually supposed to be. And they have no respect for doing church the way that God said to do it. Instead, it's all about them. It's all about making themselves feel good. It's all about being peppy and like the world. And it's all about the feeling and the music. And it has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with Christ. It has nothing to do with repentance. It has nothing to do with faith and salvation. It has everything, however, to do with themselves and what they want and what they desire most. And that is them. And it is disgusting and it's despicable and it's sickening. And if you really want to know why I'm so passionate about the faith, because for 19 years of my life, I was lied to. People lied to my face about who God was and what he said. They kept me as far away from Jesus as they possibly could while still claiming to be Christians while still claiming to believe what the Bible said. So I read it for myself. And when you read it for yourself and realize that they weren't doing that, that is the most despicable, evil, and horrible thing that you can possibly do. And that angers me. That to this day in the American Evangelical Christian Church, we do not have a respect for the scriptures and we allow men who have no idea what they're doing to determine how we live and how we worship Christ. It's disgusting, it's despicable, and it's evil. People like Stephen Furtick sicken me. Because all they do is preach about themselves and how great they are. And just want everyone else to feel great about who they are. And he has no respect for the God who made him. The reason that these false converts and these people that have no care for what the scriptures have to say sicken me to my very core is because God wants to be known. He has said it in his scriptures over and over again. He can be known. He can be known. He desires to be known. He wants to be known. He has made himself known. How has he made himself known? Through the scriptures. But people continue to throw their Bibles on a shelf to let it gather dust. And they have no idea who he is. But praise God, they walked down an aisle, said a prayer that isn't even in the Bible, and they're saved. They sing songs that honor themselves. They go to churches with laser light shows for the feeling and the experience. And all they hear is garbage. The scriptures are our guide. God gave us the scriptures so that we may know him because he wants to be known. It is as simple as that. If you want to understand why I'm so passionate, look back to my past. 19 years, I thought I was saved because I was in a church. And I was told that the church was telling me the truth. And I was told that the church knew God, knew Christ, and therefore I knew him. I did not. I was going to hell. My entire family, if they do not trust in Christ, repent of their sins, they will go to hell. Every single person who goes to the American Evangelical Church and has no idea who Christ actually is, whether they prayed the prayer or not, are going to hell. 
and they're going there quickly. That's why I'm passionate about these things. This isn't just a matter of you need to read your Bible because it's boring and old. No, you need to read your Bible because it's life and death. You need to read your Bible because God made himself known. And that's how he made himself known. Read your Bible. I say it almost every post because it is true and it will continue to be true until the day I die. God wants to be known and he made himself known in the scriptures. Read your Bibles. That is it. You read your Bible and what the Bible says is true because God said it. Don't force yourself into the scriptures. Don't force your own understanding into the scriptures. Don't put something in there that isn't there. Read the Bible, study the Bible, and let the Bible interpret itself and go to a church that respects the Bible more than it respects your feelings. That is that. That is all. The end. Period. Dot. End of story. The Bible. Anyway, I guess that's my story of how I got out of the church and became a radical lunatic and a cage stage Calvinist. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to leave you be because otherwise I'm going to rant for another four hours and nobody wants that. Not even me. So I'm going to leave you with that. Read your Bibles. Seriously. Like, do it. Read your Bible and let your Bible teach you who God is, how wonderful he is, what he is doing, and what he wants you to do as a result. Your scriptures will tell you that. I guarantee it. You know why? Because I've read it for myself. And all of those things are revealed in scripture. So there you go. Read your Bibles. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. 